Welcome to the Alliance Live podcast, spotlighting emerging issues, examples of good practice and innovation taking place within health and social care in Scotland. After this year's Scottish Parliament election, the Health and Social Care Alliance Scotland thought it'd be fun and interesting to have a chat with some of the newly elected MSPs. I'm Alan Folds, Policy and Information Assistant at the Alliance, and today I'm very excited to be joined by Green MSP for Central Scotland, Gillian Mackay. It's lovely to have you here, Gillian. Thanks so much for making the time. Thank you for having me. So as well as being the, the first ever Green MSP for Central Scotland, you're now also the party's health and social care spokesperson. Obviously at the Alliance, we think health and social care is always important, but it's probably fair to say it's going to be a, a particularly defining issue in this parliament. So you're, you're going to have a busy five years ahead. Oh, absolutely. The National Care Service bill alone is going to take up an awful lot of time without even mentioning COVID. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting time, but also there's a, a lot of sort of really quite concerning stuff that's sort of been, been revealed during the pandemic that I think you'll know as well as anyone else that this is, these are problems that have existed for a long time and it's just the pandemic has shone a light on them. It's not that they're, they're new problems. So that, that sort of leads us neatly onto our, our very first question. And you can be sort of general here, you don't need to go into it too much detail, um, but can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and also about your experience with health and social care? So I'm Gillian Mackay, MSP, first ever Green MSP for Central Scotland, grew up in Grangemouth and have made it a whole mile up the road into <laughs> sunny Falkirk, um, where I now live. Um, really excited to be an MSP for Central Scotland. Um, my my experience with, um, with social care in particular, my very lovely grandpa who died earlier this year had um, three years of phenomenal social care. His carers were not only um, enhancing his life and making it so that we didn't have to give up our jobs to look after him, but they were also part of his social circle. There's only so many times he can hear about the four grandchildren before he's repeating the same stories that everybody's already told him, whereas we used to hear about what his, what his carers' kids were doing and all that sort of thing. So they were they were his social circle as well as ensuring that he was looked after. Um, when my my mum died in December and I took over some of the, the caring responsibility for grandpa as well and mid-election mid campaign, I couldn't have continued campaigning without them. So they are very much part of the story of, of why I'm here speaking to you. And my one promise to my grandpa was over the next five years, I was to sort the working conditions and the pay for his carers because he'd heard all of the all of the problems that they've they've had and all that sort of thing. So have to keep that promise. So Kevin Stewart will very much be be hearing from me on all of those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to sort of, you know, a lot to really sort of commend care workers on. And certainly, you know, I can speak to, to the care of my own grandpa received when he was in a, a care home until sort of, you know, until, until he passed. And yeah, they were just, you know, fantastic and, and absolutely lovely. And, you know, also said that he was a lovely man, which is always, always nice to hear. So I, I think I'd be right in saying that over the past few years, you've contested um, every level of election in Scotland. And and we've had we've had a lot of elections recently, so that must have been pretty knackering. Um, I think we've heard a little bit about it there, but what sort of things motivated you to stand for election? So it very much came from it very much came from the party. So I have um, Meniere's disease, which is uh, characterised by a sort of vertical type dizziness, a hearing loss, and tinnitus. So I applied for an Inclusion Scotland internship out of um, out of university because no one is taking on marine biology graduates in Scotland in the middle of the autumn, everything's starting to shut down. So um, applied for that, was placed with um, Alison Johnson and Patrick Harvey back in session four. And 
really never looked back. They sort of showed me what you what you can achieve through making policy change and how that affects the real world. And um, I've done some of that through my through my master's project and things. But there's a huge there's a lack of well, there has been historically a lack of disabled people in in politics. There's there's more in the Scottish Parliament than there has been previously, which is fantastic to see. And the the range of impairments is also giving a diversity to that as well. Um, obviously, I have a largely hidden disability until you see me staggering into a wall. Um, and that is usually my ears, I have to stress. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of a lot of the motivation actually came from within the party as well. There's been some phenomenal people who've turned around and gone, look, we think we think you should stand. We think you would be would be really good. And I think as society we need to do more of that, whether you're politically affiliated or not, turn around to someone and tell them that they think they could make the difference and they could make the change and and be that person to inspire them. So that's that's some of why. Um I wanted to stand and it's it's a bit twee that you want to sort of go and change things and make things better but it's it's genuinely what motivates me um getting a bit of casework done that's that someone turns around and goes actually that made a material difference to my living situation and for you it may be a tiny thing but these things build up over time and making that difference and coming away from from a day in the office going well we may have we may have lost that amendment but this person now has now has somewhere to live and whatever that's that's what motivates me to go to go in every day and and do stuff yeah and i think this is a thing where i would hope that sort of myself and other colleagues in the third sector i think we are sort of motivated by a similar thing it is about making change like you you say it's twee but you're like politics does need those people who, who genuinely sort of <laughs> genuinely want to and I, and I also think that we can the public can often be quite mean about politicians, and I do actually think most politicians do genuinely want the best. Um, so yeah, we, we sort of touched on it there, and we have had over the years, you, know, you talk about being asked to stand by the part by your party, um, and you know, people encouraging you and thinking, you know, sort of building you up, and you know, also recognising themselves that more diversity is needed. I think a lot of parties have been making an effort for that. You know, the diversity of this new parliament is something that a lot of people have been talking about. We've got more women elected than ever before. That includes the first ever women of colour in the Scottish parliament. And as you said, we've now got several disabled MSPs, you know, quite a sort of diverse um, range of experiences across across parliament. Um, you know, why is it important to have that representation of disabled people in the parliament? The best legislation, the best policies are made by the most diverse group. Um, if you have a range of inputs and a range of experiences into that then it makes for the best representation of the public and that's for me that's ultimately what we should be doing either by getting influence from um organizations like yourselves or other organizations in the third sector um to be that voice for disabled people or getting it directly from disabled people from their carers from their family all that sort of thing that's that's how we should be shaping good policy and good legislation. And the pandemic's shown that we can we can do that remotely. We can include as many people as we as we possibly can. So really for this session, there is no excuse if we don't do that. And I think that's what we all as MSPs have to recognise that 
the the time for excuses is gone and that's in so many areas of legislation the time for excuses is gone we now really need to step up we really need to include people make that change and listen to the experiences across across the chamber as well there's a real breadth and depth of experience and a lot of the msps this session particularly in the first speeches have really decided to share that which is really really lovely because you get to learn a little bit about where everybody's coming from which ultimately makes for better discourse everybody working better together and and all those sorts of things so i think it's it's definitely it feels different this session it feels like everybody it's not just lip service that everybody is willing to work more collaboratively and work with work across parties and across committees and all that sort of thing so i'm really hopeful that we're going to see some really progressive, really good stuff come out of this session. Yeah, so you sort of touched on it, you know, quite a lot there. So this might be sort of more sort of expanding on that for this answer. But, you know, how do you think people with lived experience can be sort of meaningfully involved in the development of policy and legislation? Because as you say, you know, it's, it's one thing to have people in the room in Parliament, but you need to, you need to go beyond that. So, so what are the ways you think that can be done? Badger us never underestimate the amount that your opinion counts if you have an opinion on a piece of legislation that we're talking about email us phone us get in touch your opinion is valid no matter what you think we might disagree with you we might totally agree with you you might come to the table with something that we've not even thought of because your situation is is your situation you know your um you know your lived experience best so come and give us some of your expertise we <laughs> that's what we need and we can't i think quite often people think that politicians should think of everything i continually say we are only human <laughs> and if you don't if you don't come and tell us we can't know we can't know everything we can go and try and find as much information as we possibly can but particularly when it comes to uh, issues around disability, around people's experience of social care. There are so many hundreds of thousands of different experiences in different ways. Come and share yours because it's not, it's always valid, it's always useful. So that would be my plea to everyone. If you feel that like you haven't been asked, don't wait to be asked, tell us. Um, but there are more things that we can we can do as well and open things more widely and make sure that things like consultations are ac as accessible as possible and um, make sure that they're not massive and wordy and really complex for people to engage with. Um, so that's something I'd really like to see the Parliament do this session as well, as well as us reaching out. I'd like to see more of more of that accessibility side of things from from the parliament but never underestimate how important your opinion is it's amazing the number of campaigns over the over the sessions that have come from two or three emails from constituents about a problem that's actually much wider but nobody ever thought to raise it i've got sense it's always good to get a, a sense of how sort of almost parliament and msps work internally like you know like these are the things that you know what works to sort of grab your attention so we've mentioned it, you mentioned it at the start there, but the, the um, National Care Service, obviously sort of that and the wider sort of implementation of the Feely Review are going to be sort of a, a massive, massive piece of work um, for this for this parliament. Um, what are your hopes for health and social care and for other sort of areas related to disabled people, people with long-term conditions and carers like social security? What are your hopes for those areas in this parliament? So obviously we've got the, the sort of 
build back from the pandemic. I've, I've said a couple of times in this chamber, it's not good enough to build back to where we were in a lot of the services. We weren't doing things, some things particularly well pre-pandemic. So we should have more ambition than that. We should be looking to make services as good as possible so that for the next 70 years of the NHS, um, it's it's as good as it possibly can be. Um, there's lots of things in the in the National Care Service I'd like to see come forward. Self-directed support needs a lot of work and I'm really interested to see how, how that's going to sit within the National Care Service because I totally recognise the, the concerns from some people that the, the one-size-fits-all sort of element we have just now could be exacerbated by a National Care Service, but that's on... That's on politicians and on um, on drafters and things to make sure that that uh, that doesn't happen. So I I really want to see some more some more stuff around um, self-directed support. There's lots of things around. I mean, disabled people's rights in general. We need to make sure that we're keeping we're keeping an eye on all that sort of things. Social security and the way it interlinks with. The, the um, sort of social care is, is massively important as well. Making sure that uh, unpaid carers are looked after is something that we're going to be working on a lot as well. That uh, social security sits with um, with Maggie Chapman, um, our one of our other MSPs, um, and she'll she'll do a fantastic fantastic job with with all of that. So there's lots. There's lots there to keep an eye on, but making sure that um, carers have access to flexible appointments to make sure that disabled people have access to flexible appointments. Not everybody can make it out for, for an appointment at half past nine in the morning when you phone up at half past eight to get one. Um, so making sure we have that built in, making sure that whatever we do with the National Care Service is person-centred. And we say that a lot, and it's one of those things that's really in danger of becoming a buzzword. Um, in a lot of realms, person-centred is, is something that we throw about an awful lot and it's it has to be that genuine human rights person-led approach, that it is personal and that it makes sure that, um, that people like my grandpa who need sort of typical social care, that sort of needing help with, with washing, dressing, that sort of thing, get that side of things but also for disabled people who need that support um to live a full a full life and all those all those sorts of things get that personal package that makes sure that they thrive that they're not just surviving making sure that they can live to the absolute most and making sure that the social security system reflects that it is more expensive to be a disabled person so we need to make sure that we that we focus on that as well. Obviously, a universal basic income is somewhere I'd like to see everything go. Um, but there are lots of things that we need to fix in the short term while we work towards that. And that's that's something we need to do in social care as well. The National Care Service could take a couple of years and there's plenty of things that have come out of the Feely Review that we can fix, that we can attempt to fix in the short term to make sure that people over the next few years have the best possible experience and the best possible life. 
yeah, there's there's a lot to get your sort of teeth into there, and I think even that sort of that was quite a long answer. Even that, honestly, feels like it's it's almost like just the tip of the iceberg. Um, but yeah. I know that one of my colleagues, like hearing about um, the, the importance of self-directed support, uh, we've been running a report, um, or we published a report last year, my support, my choice. We're working on sort of more additions of that to local, uh, specific to local council areas. And um, so my colleagues will be very excited to hear there's MSPs who've got a focus on self-directed support. I can tell you that. So that brings us now to our very last question. This is one you can be as serious as you like, you can be as silly as you like, you can be serious and silly, you can sort of, you know, take, take whatever you want here. And which is, so if you could guarantee there's one law or one policy that was passed in this term of parliament, what would it be about? So I'll do a serious and a silly one. So serious one obviously has to be the National Care Service. Um, absolutely has to be. We need, we need that to transform social care into the world-class system it could be to make sure that everybody as i said has that support and has that chance to thrive and um, my silly one is that uh star wars day may the fourth should be a nationally observed holiday um and <laughs> as many people know i'm a i'm a charity star wars um costumer we go and raise money for um for various charities and things of our weekends we've been on the red carpet the albert hall and the european premier and all that sort of thing so so star wars is a big part of my my wonderful support system during the election and uh, some of my new constituents so <laughs> they've been they've very much been petitioning me for may the 4th to be a to be a national holiday unbelievably the bad guys want uh want the 5th of may or revenge of the 5th um to be their one so i think we'll start small and go with may the 4th and go from there I, I'll, I'll be honest there was, there was a little bit of me that was hoping that i would get the, the star wars <laughs> from the silly answer i've uh, for, for, uh, people listening to this interview i have encountered jelly in full jedi regalia in hamleys in glasgow um at least once so it's it's, it's quite a sight to behold so that's a Always, it's always good to get that sort of human side um, or that Jedi side of um, of our MSPs. I can't wait to get Chewy into Parliament as well. We're really hoping that we'll get back to, obviously once the pandemic's over, that we'll get back to um, MSP-sponsored receptions and things like that. And if, if I can't get a Wookiee into the garden lobby, the presiding officer and I will be having words. <laughs> I initially took get you into Parliament. I thought we were going to try and get you elected to Parliament. Um, so that's that's perhaps that's perhaps 2026's task is to get yeah. is to get a, a rookie into the Scottish Parliament's name SP. I think that's a, a lovely note to end on. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk today, Gillian. This is I think I think our members will really enjoy enjoy this little interview. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. You can find the Alliance Live podcast on all major podcast streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Alliance Live also produce webinars, video interviews and case studies. Watch these by visiting www.alliance-scotland.org.uk forward slash live. To follow along regularly with Alliance Live content, use the hashtag Alliance Live on Twitter.